This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. Anthony from Mays and Brew here to introduce you to our friends and sponsors of the podcast, HomeFieldApparel.com. HomeField is a premium collegiate apparel brand located right in the heart of Big Ten country in Indianapolis and makers of some of the most comfortable items of clothing you will ever own. HomeField launched its Michigan collection in early November with several awesome vintage designs that capture a lot of the things we love about the Wolverines. Everything they do and design for all schools comes from a place of love that honors the history of some of our favorite institutions across the country. So if you're looking for a gift for that Tulane grad of yours, or simply want to add some North Dakota State gear to your collection, in addition to the Michigan stuff you buy, they are the place to do it. Our listeners, our readers, the Mays and Brew family can get 20% off your first purchase using the promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com. That's promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com for 20% off your first purchase. I promise you, their gear will become an instant favorite. And hey, welcome to Brewcast from Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi. Joined by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani here with you on Monday night, November 30th, headed into Tuesday, uh, December 1st, as we start to turn the calendar a little bit here on the last month of 2020, finally. Uh, but we got a, a big show for you here today. Um, if you're listening on Tuesday on the podcast, please remember to subscribe, review, um, you know, leave a nice rating, hopefully, for us. If you're following along on Twitch, uh, welcome. Good to have you where we are. Uh, well, we we show you the process instead of just the result here on Tuesday. Guys, how are we doing? Anthony and Chris. Um. I'm bummed. I mean, we know not even bummed, just burned out on football at this point. And then before the show tonight, I attempted to pull through and get a Popeye's chicken sandwich, but uh, it was not to be. So not the best mood today, but we're here. We'll do the thing. Yeah. I was thinking this, I didn't say this on, on the hoops pod last night, Anthony, but it is a sad state of affairs that Michigan basketball barely, beating Oakland, a team they were a 32-point favorite against, saved this weekend from being, and this is, I, I had to think about this, from being probably the worst week of sports I've ever had as a sports fan. The Lions stink. <laughs> the Tigers continue to twiddle their thumbs. Uh, you know, the Pistons, uh, the Pistons committed to a rebuild for the first time in 12 years, finally. Uh, so, I, I mean, positive? They have seven centers on their team, maybe? That counts. Um 
I like even my high school teams aren't playing, you know, Lansing Catholic is out because of the COVID stuff. Uh, it, that when Michigan was losing that game against Oakland, the second half, I said, this is going to surpass the weekend in 2013 in which Michigan lost to Indiana and my high school team lost to Sexton and my intramural team got second place in my junior year of high school. That was going to be the worst weekend of sport. That was the worst weekend of sports I ever had. This was about to approach that. So uh, build Hunter Dickinson a statue, if that's the case. I mean, for for saving us from that. But no, I mean, dude, bummed is the, is the titular word here, man. I mean, it's I, – I said this in the group text. There is, there is truth to the fact that this football team, as bad as they are, and Saturday was uh, further proof that they are bad. They aren't boring. With that said, it doesn't make you know what we've had to go through here you know any less excruciating. I, I mean, it's it's like pulling teeth with this football team right now. I would say, with Saturday's loss to a winless Penn State team, they officially joined the Hall of Fame, and that that Hall of Fame includes 2008, 2014, so 2009 in there as well as uh, all-time teams of Michigan ineptitude, and that's uh, that's where we stand right now, sadly. Uh- are we sure that Thanksgiving weekend just isn't cursed as a whole? I mean, <laughs> I saw, I saw the, uh, the, someone posted the meme or the, the gif, whatever it was where, uh, Oh, I, I, w- I just wish Michigan wouldn't lose to Ohio state, uh, on, or wouldn't be a sad Ohio state Thanksgiving weekend this year. And then the monkey paw like curls up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and here's another stat for you fun. If they even play this weekend, we'll get to that soon too. Right. If Michigan plays Saturday against Maryland and loses, it will be the first time ever in program history that they've never won. A, they didn't win a home game, which again, like a lot of things this year, there's an asterisk next to that because they didn't play a non-conference schedule. Um, didn't get the chance to, you know, put your hands around the throat of Eastern Missouri state or something like that. Uh, but still uh, not, not good. Yeah. And when you look it, dude, it's actually, to me, it's actually worse because those, those home games, Wisconsin's a tough one, but those home games were a game where you were a 27-point favorite, a game where you played a winless football team, and no disrespect to them, but Maryland. I mean, the, and you, you might you might throw a gutter ball and go over three there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, ask Chris be damned. It's ugly no matter what. It's not great. It's not a great time right now to be a Michigan football fan. And, well, um, so this this isn't going to be a podcast where we talk about the the future of the head coaching position. You know, Anthony wrote a, a great article that you can go read. He lays out some good points. It's just not really what we're doing today. That's probably coming though at some point. Uh, but our beloved coach Jim Harbaugh, he always man. He, I, I, I will give him one thing by adult he, beverage. He yeah. will always give us content fodder, no matter what. So today during his virtual press conference, um, I've got the quotes here. Anthony was a part of it. Uh, unfortunately, Anthony, I'm taking, I'm going to read it uh, via Angelique's uh, tweet because she had the, the full quote. Uh, no offense to you, my friend. None um, taken. But he said, quote, coach is attacking it. The team is competing. The team is really working at it. There's disdain for the process by some. But to us, that's the whole ball game. Now, uh, he was asked again to kind of elaborate. He said, quote, I think sometimes outside of the program, I think people are very results oriented and the process to us is very important process, not as important outside of the program as it is to us inside the program. End quote. Now I want to, before we begin, I want to say he isn't necessarily wrong here. The process to these guys, it is very important. They're, they're with the team every single day. It's it's a day-to-day thing. And the process is the process. The process usually produces results. And that's what you're looking at. But to us, look, man, at the end of the day, high-end college football, like they play in the big 10, like Jim Harbaugh's getting paid $7 million a year for, it's a results-oriented business at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> um a couple a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, I screamed at the top of my lungs, and, and I don't. I thought it was coming. I thought it was coming. I'm not. I'm not going to do that bit again. But let me say this: the process in anything is very important. When you're building anything, if you don't follow the directions along the way, building an IKEA bookshelf your bookshelf is going to suck and probably fall apart. If, you know, same deal with 
anything, anything that has directions, anything that, that builds to something has a process to it. So, you know, a lot of people make fun of, you know, the trust the process thing because of the, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers thing that appears to be blowing up in their face too, because their process sucked. I have no problems. I have no problem with coaches discussing the process. It's a real thing. It's an important thing. Everyone seems to want Matt Campbell to replace Jim Harbaugh. Go, you, go YouTube Matt Campbell and you'll find 10 videos of him you know, talking about the process. With that being said, again, I'm not going to scream. It's year six at the top of my lungs again. And I tweeted this out earlier today. We have gone almost two full football seasons into a six-year regime where we've heard about the process and despite what we're seeing on the field, that there are things going on inside the building that we can't see. Luke, you hit on it. Processes produce result. If this is the result of your process, your process sucks, period. That That's, I have nothing else to say on that. Like this is your process. If you want to say that, you know, 20, 2018 was, you know, they're, they're 11 and 10 in their last 21 games since that Ohio state game. Your process, the, what we're seeing now is the fruits of the process that's been playing out since then, and it's going backwards. And it's I, I mean, just look at just look at last year. The process actually worked last year, right? They sucked at the beginning of the year, and they got better towards the end of the year. You know that the process we saw the process work last year. I feel like the team's getting worse as the season moves on. And injuries play a part to that. I mean, they're they're so. One of the other uh, funny moments from a from the press conference, not funny, it's actually kind of sad, but someone asked Jim Harbaugh about Cam McGrone's injury and what his status is. And he goes, yep, mm-hmm, yep, it's an injury. <laughs> Into the next question. <laughs> it's like, so Cam McGrone is out. Um, I will say this, you want positives from Saturday's game? I thought the secondary played a lot better. Agreed. That's all I have. Yeah. Um, Pay was back had a couple pressures, but again, when you're, you're so depleted up front, you know, namely in that front seven or front six. Now they're running a three, three, five, which takes us all the way back to the rich rod era. Um, Ooh, wow. Injuries play Greg, Greg Robinson vibes <laughs> might be worse. Uh, injuries have played a part in that, but again, yeah. if this is year one year two, and you want to talk about how it's going this way, I get it. It's part of the process of building. You can't this late in the game, you can't go backwards like this. And even something that kind of rattled around in my brain earlier today was that, you know, Northwestern was terrible last year. Uh, Couldn't get anything going offensively, but they had something to hang their hat on. They had a good defense. One of the better defenses in the big 10. People love to bring up that Notre Dame season that we've talked about before the the four and eight 2016. Mm -hmm. They had something to hang their hat on. They were playing competitive games. There's not a single thing, especially now that Caden McNamara is injured again, there's not a single thing that has come out of the last few weeks that is something that you could have, that you can hang your hat on um, going into the rest of this season and into 20, 2021, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. Well, let's first of all, and you guys were, you know, fair as always. Um, I, I think we, we've, there's an elephant in the room that needs to be addressed. His comment some people in the media have a disdain for the process. Let's call it for what it is. That's him essentially saying that we're and maybe I'm wrong here. Guys are preparing. Guys are trying their hardest. We're doing all we can. The media is being mean about it. I mean, that's kind I mean, that's kind can, can of we, can I, can I take it a step further and call it what it really is? It's gaslighting. Yeah. Because we watch these games. We mm-hmm. know football. Maybe we're not X's and O's people, but to, all I know is that, like I said, I'm wearing the hoodie. I've been a Lions fan my whole life. I've been through a couple of Michigan coaching searches now. Mm-hmm. The type of body language and the type of comments that we're seeing now are usually the type of things that predate a separation, a parting of the ways. Completely. Completely. And, and you you alluded to this in your post-game podcast, Anthony. Penn State's not a good football team. They're a very, very flawed football team. They did not play like a football team that, that believe that knew they were on five uh, James Franklin flaws and all uh, he gets his team up every Saturday to play a game. 
Uh, Michigan was about as lifeless as a football team could be. And going to the comment that, you know, had a ripple effect now, the, the, the process comment, uh, to me, process involves adjustments. Process involves change. You, you, you experience failures, you adjust to those failures, and, and you move on. You're going to stumble, especially, look, in fairness, this is a young football team, right? And this is a team, I think, even coming into this year that we kind of agreed uh, may, may take some lumps. Uh, we didn't think that they would fall off a cliff the way they have uh, and sputter out of control. But, hey, we, we thought that they would struggle at points a little bit, especially early on in the season. So I understand at a point to, or to a point what he's saying, that there needs to be adjustments. Uh, there needs to be some sort of change that guys are still preparing. Here's the problem. The team that showed up against Penn State on Saturday was the same team that showed up against MSU was the same team that showed up against Indiana, was the same team that showed up against Wisconsin. Schematically, there's no difference. Attitude-wise, there's no difference. Body language-wise, there's no difference. If they were trying something new, and maybe you could say they're going, they're, they're changing the defenses around, fine, it's not working. If there was something different in terms of preparation and they were losing to teams that were simply more talented than them, like I think the prime example, to 2015, Michigan lost three games that year, that year in 2015. They lost to Utah the first game. Those teams about even. Rudock didn't play a good game. Michigan State, we know what happened. MSU was really good that year. They made the college football playoff, playoff and, of course, Ohio State the last game of the year. There was nothing those teams did uh, preparation-wise, schematically from a coaching standpoint uh, that, that was the reason why they lost those games. They simply weren't as talented. You're losing to Indiana. You're losing to a winless Penn State team. You You – should have probably lost to Rutgers. So I, I, I don't know, man. It's just, I, it, it, those comments and look, I, we're, we're getting to a point now where it's, you know, not, not us, but collectively the fan base, it's, you know, it's open season and Harbaugh bashing. He's what, what makes me so frustrated about this? He's not a stupid man. He's not, and he's not a terrible football coach, but he's doing and saying a lot of things that make, him come across at points like kind of a hack and I, again like you watch that team on Saturday the word is lifeless they did not look like a team that came into that game believing that they were going to win and look that to me is a reflection of, I'm sorry of their head coach Michigan State's not a very good team guess what they just did last weekend they went up against a top 10 team now again COVID top 10 Northwestern probably not really but they went up against a team nobody thought they would beat after looking as non-competitive as you can look and beat Northwestern they looked like a different team. Michigan, quite simply, has not. And it's led to what's been uh, really a, a, a truly disastrous season. And real quick, I know I've been kind of going off on a tangent here. There's one more thing uh, that I will say, believe it or not, a positive. Now, there, it is also can be twisted into a negative. I think if there's one person this season offensively that has emerged somewhat and improved somewhat, I think it's safe to say that Hassan Haskins is a, you can pencil him in as RB one. He, his speed was never the issue. Vision has approved immensely. Guys got quick cuts considering how bad the offensive line has been. He's been pretty solid. Now, as we talked about in the group text that can easily be twisted into a negative when five of the next seven carries after a guy single-handedly drove you down the field, went to Blake Corum and Chris Evans. But let me, I'm sorry. And again, I know tangent, but I, this is, no, I, need please to keep this, going. I need to bring this up guys. Good football teams. Don't do that. Ohio state. When they beat Michigan every year for the last nine years, did they do running back by committee? They give JK Dobbins a breather. When Michigan state was dominating, was Jeremy Langford getting 10 carries and then they'd hand it off to Nick Hill for 15. No. When, when Frank Gore was with the 49ers, a team that was coached by Jim Harbaugh, was he getting five carries and then getting a breather? No. That, to me, that is basic football knowledge. Good running backs wear down good defensive ends, good defensive tackles all the time in football. That, to me, is the – this is a coach who five years ago in a four-possession game against Rutgers went for two because he was mad about something they said at halftime. Where's that guy right now? I mean, that is devolved. Yeah, I died in 2016, man. Yeah. That's, that's what we've been talking about. Right. I, I mean, we, that has devolved into, hey, media, please stop being mean to me. I mean, that's this is this has gotten to a point that I wasn't sure it would get to. And we're kind of at a point that it got to with heart with Hoke. Sad. I, I, I will say I will say this, man. You know, remember when Harbaugh got hired and everyone said, well, he doesn't stay anywhere past four years. Yeah. 
And well, we found out what happens when yeah. he does. We know why that is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We know what happens when he does stay past four years. And I think that's the thing, Chris, you talked about it with the, with the lifelessness. That's the part that gets me more than anything, right? Yeah. Is that the process I'm, I'm okay with, with you working, developing this very young team in the process of that. But I don't think the process can possibly work when it seems like the kids have already quit. The players on this team have quit. They show up. There was the, the Michigan Daily Report that Jim Harbaugh, obviously the only one who still does have a little fire, though, on the sideline, apparently after A.J. Henning went up and caught that ridiculous pass, that he literally had to turn behind him and tell his players to stand up and cheer. Like, if you need people in the stands in order to get fired up for a game, you're probably not much of a competitor as is, you know, and that there's something within the culture there that, that is an issue. And I obviously we're not in there as Jim Harbaugh pointed out, we don't see the day to day. We don't know what the issue is, but it's most certainly there. And if you can't like Mel Tucker, you talked about it, Chris, they're going to fight. This is a new guy bringing a new culture. This is like Michigan in 2015, you know, what Mm -hmm. we're seeing out of Michigan was like Michigan state, last year under D'Antonio when the team, you know, the, the, well, I, I meant, I meant with the team, the, in terms like of the team right. Didn't really yeah. get, right. Exactly. The, the Michigan state, we, we saw it. D'Antonio was dejected throughout the year. You know, the look on his face after Michigan blocked that punt, you know, it, it was, I mean, it, it was what it was. That's kind of what we're seeing out of Michigan right now. And I don't know how you get that back. Do you get that back? That's that's the question because not under this regime, right? That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking because look like Jim Harbaugh, he's done a lot of good things. He's won a lot of games at, at Michigan. He's done some good recruiting, you know, obviously he's probably been the best recruiter they've had since, you know, the heyday of Lloyd Carr. But at the end of the day, all that, I, it's just not working right now, man. Uh, I'm I, real good just to add on to that. I would say I would, there's one thing you said I would push back against just a little bit. I don't know if it's necessarily guys have quit as much as guys have lost every ounce of confidence. I don't think that this is a fun because I think they're still preparing. I think, I think they're still going to work. I just don't, they don't look like a team that believes that they can win every Saturday. Yeah. Like, but I if think, you're not getting excited when your teammates make a good play, that is a super big red flag. Huge. Yeah. And well, this I, goes back a few years too. Like remember the was it the Amazon series where there's that video clip of Ronnie Bell just like being the only one fired up in the locker room at halftime and just like pushing guys. Was that I think that was the Amazon thing. Um it's so odd. Uh especially yeah. there's there's just no there's no fire, there's no juice with the players on the field. Uh and something that rubs me the wrong way. I mean, just in terms of the difference in, it's not a difference. It's it's kind of not even related, but uh, so the story from over the weekend with Vanderbilt where Sarah Fuller was the kickoff, the kicker for there. Mm-hmm. Apparently she lit, lit up that team in the locker room at halftime saying, you know, we're getting blown out, but when you guys are making good plays, like no one's saying anything, um, you know, there's always, you know, it seems like even with other teams, uh, you watch Michigan baseball, Michigan, really anything. There's an energy there, uh, and an accountability there. There, and again, I'm not, I don't want to. I hate bringing football energy into other sports, but it just seems like, you know, early in the year we asked, "What's the difference between Ohio State and Michigan in terms of you know getting their guys that opted out to opt back in?" Um, at Michigan, it seems like a very business-like approach to just getting in, getting out, getting to the league where players go to Ohio state. Yeah. They're going to go to the league, but they're going to win too. They're going to play and win a lot of big games. And that juice just, it just isn't there right now. No, I'm, it hasn't been there in a while, quite frankly. No, I think the last, I, I think what it, I think it probably, you could make the argument. It, it we lost it in year three. I think they got a, a, a spark in 2018 because that team admittedly had some really great senior leadership and chase Winovich. I love the guy, you know, loud mouth, boisterous personality. I mean, lights up a room. I mean, that that's a guy like if you, that's a guy, if you're a rival 
a team you look at and you say, I hate that guy, but I wish we had him. Devin Bush, you know, kind of, I don't know if he was a senior, but similar guy, Rashawn Gary. In 2016, you had guys like Jordan Lewis, guys who've been around the program for a minute. I, you know, I, I don't want to take point blame or point fingers at everybody, but I think that there is. Um, I mean, who's the leader on this team? Who was the leader on last year's team? You know, mm-hmm. I, I it would that you know who it would probably be. Ambry Thomas and Nico Collins. They're not here, yeah. so I mean, that's kind of the the problem you create is again the you know the word I've used several times. You kind of end up with something that's a bit rudderless. It just kind of feels like you're you're floating off to sea without any sort of direction. It should be guys like Ben Mason and Josh Ross. Yeah. Quitty pay. I, well, and- yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but, but it's, see, there's, there's something lacking. Can't quite put our finger on it, but it, it is an issue and it's probably not something that's going to get better uh, to be quite honest with it's, you. It's but, symbiotic. Uh, it's every phase of the game. I mean, yeah, defense exactly. affects well, offense well, and it, it's stupid it's, penalties. It's just, it, it's a mess. There's, yep. there's no other way to put it. And I, I don't know if Saturday was a low point of the season in many low points, but it was uh, certainly up there. Saturday but... was Saturday was a pretty numbing experience. It uh, was. I, I Michigan State was the low point, and, and there were other jabs here and there, but um, yeah. it gets a I, little I less say... hard every week because it, it's so typical now. That's very you, true. Yeah, you that's, get that's desensitized. Like, yeah, that's like MSU was like hit, getting hit by a bus, and then you know. A couple of people come on you and step on your feet. Yeah, it hurts, but like it's not nothing. Never nothing ever quite matches that pain. It was the first time, and I, I think I, I texted you this, guys, in the group chat. We've talked. We've kind of been pretty consistent with our takes on Harbaugh, right? And we've changed. You know, Anthony, you wrote your article on on Sunday, but this weekend was the first time I actually felt like you know I don't think they're going to bring him back next year. I think there's going to be some sort of mutual parting of ways because I don't see how you can watch what you watched on Saturday and think that that is a program capable of fixing itself right now. There's clearly some deep seated issues that uh, can't be replaced. Even, even if he does the unthinkable and fires Don Brown and goes out and gets the best D coordinator available, you're, you're uh, getting a bandaid for time at this point. Yeah. This thing's not getting turned around. Well, we might not have to watch uh, any yes. more football here in 2020. We got to talk about that coming up, but first we got to take a quick break here on Brewcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back in on Brewcast. Luke Yardy here with Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Uh, If you're with us on Twitch, appreciate you hanging out and uh, being in the chat. And uh, if you're listening on the pod, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Uh, We would really, really appreciate that. So we were talking a little bit at the end about uh, this team not being able to fix itself, this program not being able to fix itself, and might not get a chance to even get better for the rest of this season. Sounds like there were some reports here today of uh, possible uh, COVID scare, I guess we would call it. We're still waiting on some for- more information, some tests and things to be done like that. But uh, team activities were put on hold here today. And I-, I mean, so say the program does get shut down for the remainder, you know, if it, if it's bad, I'm not sure if it would get shut down for that Ohio state week. I'm not sure how, how it would all work, but I mean, is that, what happens, you know, moving forward? Where does that leave the the state of Michigan football? Harbaugh doesn't have the extension. We don't know if he's going to be around next year. We've got, as Anthony mentioned, the early signing period, I believe December 18th coming up. I mean, there is, uh, there's a lot of moving parts here that ultimately if the season does get, I know we like to make jokes 
and things like that about the Ohio State game. Uh, we obviously don't want anyone to contract COVID-19 or a spread to happen with inside the locker room. But w- when you look at big sh- picture stuff, like where do you guys think this leaves the program if they're not able to play out the rest of the season? Uh, it makes things a little more complicated um, to what's already a complicated situation in that. Sorry, swallowed an ice cube. Had to pet a dog for a second, too. Those of you on Twitch saw that. Um, signing day, the early, early signing day for football starts on December 16th, runs through December 18th. As of now, assuming, which is, is dumb to do in this climate, that they finish this season, Michigan plays a football game on December 19th. So what's... Where does that leave Jim Harbaugh? It's one of those things, and and this is where, and we'll talk about the COVID. Like, obviously, we've made the jokes about cancel. Like, I want them to play play this season out. I want them to play the games because that's that's what we're here for to to talk about games that that are played on the field. I, if Ohio State hangs a hundred on you, fine, because in the dead of May, we're gonna be wishing to watch de- or bad football again. So that doesn't <laughs> bother that doesn't bother me. Um, this is where, again, I wrote the article I did over the weekend. This is where Sam, Sam Webb uh, put out something on Monday that was basically uh, one of those, you know, you know what or get off the pot type deals in terms of if Michigan, if Jim Harbaugh is the guy at Michigan, if he's back next year, they need to know now. Or they need to know what's going on there. And, and I'll put it, you know, a little look behind the curtain. I'm not outing anyone or, or giving away any secrets here. Um, Michigan Insider is a, a paywalled site, and Sam has connections. Chief among them is what is potentially, if not a direct line to the big office, uh, pretty close to that. So when he puts out the article that he does saying, you know, if this is your guy, we need to know now because they have you know, Xavier Worthy, who's one of their best recruits in the 2021 class, speedy wide receiver, guy that top 100 guy or, or you know pushing for that type of ranking compared to Deshaun Jackson. He visited Alabama for the Iron Bowl this weekend, and then he tweets out on Monday, no interviews, which leads me to believe, writing's on the wall, he gone. Of course. And you, you just there's going to be guys – like it or not, guys are looking around right now because they don't know what's going on. Pandemic or not, the situation that Jim Harbaugh, that Michigan finds itself in is not typical at all. So when I see Sam Webb put out an article that says, you know, someone needs to step up and and if there's a deal to be signed, sign it and get it over with. I tend to believe that might be from the Harbaugh side of things. That's just a theory. I have nothing to back that up. I haven't talked to anyone from the Michigan Insider, things like that. But knowing what I do about that outlet, there we have friends over there. I can say this stuff. That seems like something. It's not too crazy to think that might be something that's like from the coaching staff. Say, we need we need to figure out what's going on here. Now, on the flip side of that, if there's an extension that's just waiting on a signature from Jim Harbaugh and he hasn't signed it yet, there needs to be some kind of edict to be like, hey, if you're in, you need to sign this so we can get this over with. Um, they need to make it clear. Like there's waiting this out, seeing how 2021 plays out. That's off the table. That's not an option anymore. Um, you know, this kind of spun out of the COVID thing and I'm off topic here, but it's either you need to pick a direction. He's either here or he's not. And that announcement needs to come soon. And with, with signing day, you know, just over two weeks away, I imagine it will, as far as COVID goes, we're not going to know people. We ask, when are we going to know about the game? I'd have to imagine we probably won't know about this game till Wednesday or Thursday. Again, this is where it's so, it's so irritating that that football coaches are doing the football guy thing in terms of the, the answers they give about COVID stuff in press conferences. They treat it like it's an injury. They treat it like there's uh, you know, a competitive disadvantage there. I don't know if you've watched the team this year. There's a pretty clear competitive disadvantage whenever they take the field regardless. <laughs> so to come out and say things like, oh, well, how many cases are there? Oh, more than zero. That's a waste of everybody's time. So again, um, 
I don't know where, again, just taking it for what it is, it's concerning enough to where they paused and went virtual on Monday. From there, we'll see what happens. The, the, dis, the disclaimer is it's always coming out of an abundance of caution, but I'd have to imagine there are multiple guys and there was a COVID positive player prior to the game Saturday that did not suit up. We're not going to speculate. That's, that's a privacy thing. I don't know who it was, uh, but uh, I have an idea, but I'm not going to, I'll tell you guys off the air. Just, um, just look, look at the box score and formulate opinions from there. Whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it appears there might be a little bit of an outbreak. They're going to do the PCR tests, which is more of a, um, you know, it's it's a little more in depth than the daily testing, and they'll confirm or deny those. But I'd have to think if there are multiple positives, that there will probably be more more positives coming. Correct. That I I'll just say off the bat, I would be I'd be kind of surprised if this week's game gets played personally um typically every team that's had some sort of outbreak i mean minnesota thought was walking that line forever but minnesota ended up getting a game canceled usually it's one game ohio state's going to try to do everything they can i mean they're going to they're going to get guys off of a you know eighth grade recess practice squad to try to you know fill a roster so they can make it to the playoff you know so we'll see about that um i come again i completely forgot about the stupid crossover game which I don't know who they're going to play. That's going to be the saddest football. That might be the saddest thing that's happened in 2020. And that's really saying something <laughs> Michigan and Nebraska in a stupid crossover game at the end of the year, when both teams have played five games and they've won two combined. Um, no, I mean, I, look, I think I'm, I'm with you completely. We, look, we make jokes, right? We want to see this thing to the end. We want, we do. I mean, it's, I say the same stuff with the tigers where I do that every, every year. Oh my God, this is excruciating. This is the worst thing ever. It's good for content. It gives us something to talk about. Like I said, this team's not boring. Um, it it just goes to show how much of a, a just a, a total bastard COVID-19 has been. Because I think Michigan, from the beginning, has been about as steady as any program in the country in it's terms done, of their COVID. That's uh, the, the one thing they've done a tremendous job with since yes, June. all season. That's the, it's the biggest win of the Harbaugh era has been how they've uh, fought, tried to fight back against COVID. Truly, I mean, they've been consistent. They've been steady. You are asking so much out of amateur athletes, especially amateur athletes between the ages of 18 to 21, not to go out, not to party, not to be in social gatherings. I mean, I think back to how dumb I was in college. I wouldn't have been able to do that, right? Like, I, I give them a lot of credit. And you still, despite everything they did, you still get within two weeks of the season being over and you have a, a bit of a breakout here. Here's the ultimate spin zone. Thank God this team isn't good because this would be so devastating if this was a 6-0 and football team on the verge of getting their last two games of the year canceled. So, if the, I mean – so unlike me to spin it that way, but I guess that is that is probably the Very ultimate. Macabre. Yeah, exactly. So this <laughs> that's kind of the ultimate truth of this whole thing. No, I mean it. It's you, you, it is devastating for the players. You do feel bad because, um, like I said, I think the the work is probably being put in for the most part. I think there might be an issue with preparation in terms of coaching, but yeah, we'll see where it goes. I uh, I, I think this game is v- this upcoming game against Maryland is very much uh, in danger of not being played. I think the Buckeyes are going to do all they can to try to field some sort of team against Michigan state and Michigan. And so uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I think even if, even if both those games get canceled this season, well, let, okay, let me ask that if Michigan doesn't, I mean, they're not going to qualify anyway, but let's say Michigan only plays six games. They still play that crossover game, right? I mean, they, they still, so here's the, here's yeah. the thing about that, man. I just went and looked at the standings and kind of the schedules for the teams down the stretch. You know what the, actually the most likely scenario is? Is the Michigan again, probably? Right? No, I, I think it's Illinois when I'm <laughs> when I'm looking at it because how how would Brandon Peters beating Michigan oh, no. in that crossover game? What I mean that that would be the final nail, right? Like that. I mean, what would we even say about that? That'd be forty. Yeah, that'd be forty-five minutes of silence. I think on this podcast, it have to be. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I, what? Yeah, that I. I didn't even. I didn't even make that connection until after you brought it up. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's no. It just goes to show how do, bad. Do we? Are. 
Do we have any idea, and this might be a rhetorical question, and anyone who's here on Twitch or who's listening can probably maybe answer it, but if they were to play Minnesota again in the crossover game, would it be for the jug again? Like, is it possible you could lose the jug in the same year that you kept it? That is that would that would be very much on brand for the team this year. Double jug, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I have a theory. I have a theory about this about okay. really everything that's going on right now. I think we're pretty close in college football to them just hitting the pause button across the board. Mm. I think if Michigan, this is my conspiracy theory, because yeah, regardless if it's going to be a terrible football game. But Michigan-Ohio State will be watched by all of Ohio State Nation. Nobody puts – you know, it's a huge game no matter, you know, what the the records are um, ratings-wise. I think that that game will be played whether it's now or if it's in January, if they pause. Because honestly, look around college football right now. People are going through it everywhere. And and cases are still – you know, we're doing this all under the black cloud of a pandemic. Cases are going to, I mean, cases are surging already, but coming off of Thanksgiving, I think we're really might be in for something pretty ugly uh, as a country. So I think that there's a chance that you might get the pause button hit on everything and it might not even be up to the leagues. It might be, you know, the, um, you know, the governors and such making that decision. You're already seeing what's going on in California where, Santa Clara County basically kicked the 49ers out. They're playing their last two home games in Arizona. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if, like I said, everyone's rooting for COVID to wipe out this Ohio state. I mean, I'm not rooting for that. I want these games to be played. And quite honestly, if you think that the coach that you have is a lame duck, you probably want these last two games to be played anyways. So it's, it's even but more Mich- apparent. But Michigan you. finally being able to keep Ohio State out of the Big Ten championship would be right. a good storyline. Let me say this, too. The Big Ten is going to, like, if there are games canceled this weekend, it's going to lower that threshold, and Ohio State yeah. will be right back in the mix. Yeah. Ohio State will play for a Big Ten championship. Like, that's just, it's going to happen. Um, I've, had, they're gonna, I've had that feeling, too, that they're going to find a way to sneak them in there. Yeah. But also, them, but just you know, get 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 them in. There. What did what did our? Uh, I, I don't remember what the site called, but uh, site's called, but uh, Indiana's uh, SB Nation blog over there. They had a good Crimson Quarry. Yeah, Crimson Quarry. They had a, a tweet about uh, Indiana's 2019 second string quarterback versus Indiana's 2019 third string quarterback for the Big Ten championship. <laughs> Listen, if we could if we can manifest that, it'd be something. But uh, I think Northwestern coming out of the West is a pretty safe bet now. Like I said, Indiana, uh, they, they go to Wisconsin this weekend. Um, so they play Wisconsin this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, well, looking at the standings, could, could it be anyone else other than Indiana? What's that? Not if it's not Ohio State, I don't think so. Ohio State's going to play for a Big Ten title. Like, <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, we know this, right? Um, I just, I don't want it to be true. I want that threshold to stay and then everything that they've worked for to come up short. I just listen. want that. I'm, I'm, I'm petty, man. You're I'm a petty. You know what? Give man. I'm, I, get it. I'm I gonna, am. I really am. No, I'm going to stand up and say this. I'm going to take a stand here. If you're going to knock Ohio state out of the playoff, do it on the field. Let's go do well, it they, on they, the field. Hey, they might Remember have an extra week to prepare. They, they <laughs> might have an extra week to prepare though. So they've got that going for them. True. They've been preparing all, all, all year, if you believe them. So I, I will say this, though. The last time Michigan was this bad, they did give Ohio State a heck of a fight. Yeah, I know. That was the, when the – Maybe the Don Brown's time. best coach game at Michigan, honestly. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or Don Brown or, or – or, or are we talking 2017? Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay, I was thinking – yeah, I was thinking 14. Well, it was a hell of an offensive game plan, too. I mean, with John O'Corner quarterback to do it. I mean, yeah. 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 I, I mean, John O'Corn really blew that game. Like, let's be honest. No, like, yeah. I, mean, yeah. John... I, I don't want to, you know, take a dump on him on this like... show. He's long gone and whatnot. But I mean, he, he really did screw that game. Yeah. Up. He's, he's, he's listening to this right now, being like, man, yeah. I graduated three years ago. Leave me alone. <laughs> what did I do? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, now, uh, the one thing I got to say, Anthony, you know, you bring up, you know, it's a theory, but I mean, it's probably, you know, we're coming up on a point where that theory might, you know, hold some, uh, hold some weight. Um, the idea of this thing being paused potentially. Now, 
it's possible, and it's where it's where the NSA absolutely needs a commissioner completely. I mean, because to really you'll put the kibosh on this thing. The problem is, if I'm the SEC, and the SEC's COVID protocols are a joke. I mean, Saban was probably you know coughing on 75 of his players came in the next day to practice. I mean, that's they don't care about that. They're filling stadiums with 50,000 people right now. It doesn't matter. But like, if the Big Ten puts a hold on this thing, thus leading to college football putting a hold on this thing. I mean, is it – maybe I'm off. Couldn't the SEC just say no? What's, what's the purpose of that? We've played our season. The ACC has played their season. Yeah, they've had a few hiccups. I think that's exactly what would happen, to be honest with you. Yeah, because, I mean, like the SEC – really, the SEC, outside of the, the a few games, and if they were a few marquee games, has they're gonna, their champion is going to end up playing 13 or 14 games, which is insane. Yeah. considering the Big Ten in a conference is struggling to find teams that are going to play five. So uh, I, I, well, I think I get your, your point, but I don't know if other conferences are going to be so cooperative, to be honest. Well, probably not. And that's where, you know, the, the essentially, again, another conspiracy theory is that the Big Ten was spurned back by Ohio State and Nebraska. We'll give them a little bit of credit here. Um, to play a season because they had a shot at getting a playoff team in, which means more revenues for everyone, which more revenues in this year is critical. You got to get every single dime you can. Right. If you're the playoff committee, and this is the, the conversation that's playing out nationally now, and we don't have to go into it here. That could probably be its own show. But let's just say the scenario holds. Ohio State can't get to six games. Indiana Northwestern play for a Big Ten title. Are you, you can't put a five and zero or, or six and zero Ohio State team in over, you know, a Cincinnati team who goes eleven and zero or BYU. You know, it's you would think, but at the same time, I mean, you can't tell me that Ohio State's not one of the four best teams in the country. I mean, even if they play five games. So, and yeah. I know there's criteria involved in that. And in this year, especially if a team like BYU or Cincinnati is ever going to make it to the playoff, it would be this year. But uh, I, think I don't, I don't think you could put – if Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC championship game, I don't think Ohio State, if they don't get to that threshold, could be put in a, over either of those teams, even if with both having one loss. Right, if so that, it'd be, it'd if be that those... happens, three of your four playoff teams are, are decided, you know? Exactly. Right, and yeah, and then, then there's that last spot. Um, they, I don't envy the committee this year. I mean, decide, typically, at the very least, the one advantage they have is every team's played an equal amount of games. I mean – right. It, you know, how, how do you judge a one team uh, compared to another when one team's played, you know, up to potentially five fewer games? I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a mess. I like I said earlier, it's too bad, but also I OK that this doesn't impact Michigan in the slightest um, yeah. because, you know, we definitely don't have that to worry about. You but kind I, of you kind of have to just throw away the idea that this is a normal season at all. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I've, I think that's how I've started to cope with this season, to be honest with you. I'm like, nothing is real right now. You know, I was that way with baseball for sure. I mean, that, that thing never felt real. And I know, Hey, we crowned a champion at the end. Yeah. Okay. You played 40% of a season. Good job. Um, I kind of already forgot that the Dodgers won until you just brought it up. Yeah. yeah, Everyone did. The the Rays have 12 fans. They already forgot they made it to the world series. I mean, it's (laughs) so I'm, I like, yeah, I'm with you guys completely. I think for a second there, and it was kind of in that, that honeymoon period, you know, kind of in mid to, or even late to early, late October, early November, it kind of seemed like this thing may actually see itself through to the end. You know, Ohio state was rolling. ACC was figuring things out. The SEC was doing whatever the hell they wanted, um, but that's not going to be the case now. I mean, even if Ohio State finds a way to sneak into the playoff, I mean, this this whole thing is going to have – all of 2020 is going to have a big old asterisk by it. And I, I get it. I'm not saying don't hang banners. I'm not saying don't hand out trophies, but there's always going to be a big butt at the end of every one of these championships. It's just fact. I- I will. I will say this right. Uh, right now, since you know uh, these guys can come back with uh, you know their eligibility intact and whatnot, if Ohio State doesn't get in and that forces Justin Fields to come back because he <laughs> wants to win a national championship, go ahead, put Ohio State in. I, I want him gone for the love of God. Yeah. Um. All right. I, I don't think. Uh, I think we touched on everything that we wanted to here. You know, you guys talked basketball pretty heavily yesterday, so uh, at least we got one undefeated team still right now, even though whew, barely. Uh, whew, 
Uh, I, I like your no tweet comment. though, Anthony, you, you, you talked about it, man. You, you said, you know, it, it's, it's thanks. It's a holiday weekend. I'm not going to put too much stock into it. Plus that weekend's cursed anyway. So yeah. uh, glad you guys talked about it. We don't got to spend a whole lot of time here on the show. We'll be talking a lot more basketball though, uh, moving forward, especially if we do lack Michigan football games down the stretch. So having said that, Chris, where can we find you on social media, man? Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0-1-4. Uh, pretty much right now just exclusively doing Michigan football post games, which right now are up in the air. So we'll see where that goes. You can follow There you will find the link to my YouTube channel where I review movies. Um, it'd be nice if some movies came out. Uh, I think actually, you know what? I probably will do a movie review this week. Mank, uh, David Fincher's Mank coming to Netflix. So I'll probably do a review review for that. So you can look forward to that. Uh, and my other show, Lockdown Tigers on the Lockdown Podcasting Network, talking Detroit Tigers every day, Monday through Friday. You can follow that show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. And you can find that podcast wherever podcasts can be found. Apple Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. So please follow me on all those platforms. Anthony, how about you, my friend? Follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. You, you know the drill. You can get our shows wherever you get your content. If there's somewhere we're not, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll explore being on there. So a lot more. Uh, follow us on Twitch as well, the YouTube channel. Steven's doing an awesome job with all that. So good things happening, uh, despite what's been a rough, really, eight or nine months period um, in terms of content and things like that. But uh, this fall, I think, as a, as a site, as a staff, as a, as a podcasting team, I think we're putting out probably the best stuff that we've ever done. So um, the Discord is lit. Yes, Discord Stacho, is lit. My, Stacho, <laughs> my Nacho, great name by the way. The Discord is lit. That's that's a lot of fun. Definitely, if you if you're not in the Discord, go check that out too. Yes, absolutely. So close us out, my friend. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I, as Anthony said. If you are listening on the podcast version, wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, rate it, word of mouth, tell everyone about us. That that would be appreciated. And a big thank you to everyone who joined us on Twitch. Uh, if you haven't you know, uh, joined us on Twitch for our live recording of the show every Monday, 7.30 p.m., it's a whole lot of fun. We got the chat, you know, firing up, lighting up, everyone, you know, giving their opinions and plenty of opinions to go around. So a big thank you to everyone who's in the Twitch uh, right now watching, not even chatting. That's cool. Uh, Really real big thanks to you guys. So that's going to do it for us for my partners, Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.